0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Will to Hunt podcast. I'm your host, Will Jenkins, joined by my co host, Trent March. Before we get into it too far, let's always ask you to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Um, and you can leave comments there and interact with the show, or just uh, hit me up on social media at The Will to Hunt on all social platforms, and we can continue the conversation there. And today we're going to talk about the ammo shortage.
1: Dun, 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 right? Like that's what everybody's talking about these days, right? No ammo, yeah. no guns, no nothing. Society in downfall. Doesn't matter. Got my gun. <laughs> can't find ammo, right? It's everybody's issue.
0: Yep. I don't know. I, Go ahead. I, I, I insulated myself by accident to the ammo shortage. And that's because I'm disorganized and I forget what I own. So each season I just buy another box even though I never actually shoot or kill anything. (laughs) So like I built redundancy and like uh, padding in because I was just too dumb to realize I already had enough. Enough. Um, So like I have a ton of Turkey. Well, then that's about all that's on the shelf right now is Turkey loads. Like I went into the local fleet farm and there were, uh, it was 28 gauge steel, like upland. I think it was like probably number five, number six shot. And 12 and 20 gauge TSS turkey loads, but only like a total of eight boxes. And this is a a place that has four aisles of ammo. That was all that was there, was a total of maybe like 14 boxes. But like I have, like I said, I don't shoot a lot. I don't do target shooting either, like clays or something where you just burn through stuff. And I don't hunt waterfowl where you burn through rounds too crazy. So I've just got stuff. So as things started to disappear last year I had like my usage level like three years worth of ammo just sitting because over the last three years I bought double or triple what I needed because I didn't realize what I still had at home and then when I got organized I was like oh a case of Upland ammo should do. right it's just here she already i didn't even
1: realize yeah. and and that's the other part that kind of makes it tricky is like i mean anytime you're going to talk about it anytime you're going to give somebody advice for it like what you're what you happen to be doing is going to dictate a lot of your your need usage you know wh- yeah what what is it you're going to need to to do i i think i probably do a lot more um target and rifle and and just kind of overall shooting and, mm-hmm. and a lot more of what you're doing is more the in the field, you know, that, and I do some of that, but I think a lot more of, of mine is more bench punch paper, it, you know, doing, you know, I've been doing a lot more product reviews uh, here yep. lately between, um, between rifles and ammunition and optics. Like you're, you're going to burn ammo because you have yeah. to, to do a proper review. Um, so my, my usage in the last couple of years has gone up and and same thing i was i was a little more insulated for it um because i was kind of preparing to keep more on hand even before Mm -hmm. things started getting really silly um and then you know we've we've been through a few of these now where we see things you know these ammo short it's not this is probably the third one in the last decade um yeah so you can kind of see it coming if you're paying a little bit of attention. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, last March, my antenna went up pretty quick and I'm like, oh, I yeah. might just be worth the investment uh, to, to jump in on it. Um, but, but even broader strokes, you can, you can insulate yourself quite a bit from these scenarios with a little bit of planning, a little bit of forethought. Um, and I just, I I thought we'd take an episode and, and walk through kind of my thought process and how I've Mm -hmm. approached this. Um, it may not be right for everybody. And there may be people that tell me I'm crazy and I'm, I'm fine with that approach. Um, but just wanted to run through kind of how, how I prep for that. And, and really it's, it's two things it's consolidation and it's redundancy. Mm -hmm. And primarily I came by this plan not as a strategic ammo conservation mechanism but right. because i was once very 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 broke yeah. and still wanted to be able to <laughs> mm-hmm. hunt and shoot right so the you know the to me the term inch deep mile wide you know really kind of comes to mind mm-hmm. here right? you know every a there's always another gun you want to add to the gun safe Right. Like that's just always the case. There's always one more, a different gauge, a different caliber, a different configuration, a different brand. There's another gun you want. And I am 100% all the way here for keep adding guns as often as you want to. Right. Yeah. There's just don't, don't talk yourself out of adding another. If you want to go add another gun, go add another gun. Right. Um, But my approach to it has always been that I would rather have some of that consolidation and redundancy built into, you know, I know the rounds that I like to shoot. I know the calibers that I like to shoot. I, you know, for my handgun purposes, I like the nine millimeter and you can, all the caliber shamers that say, (laughs) yeah, that's, that's a, what a sissy gun. You know, you need a 45. That's fine. Let me put, three rounds of nine in your thigh and tell me how quick you're going to walk that off. Like <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not interested in having that argument with anybody that that'll, that gives me a lot more insight into you than it does me. Um, right. Yeah. So, but for my purposes, you know, for, for a semi-automatic handgun, it's going to be a nine millimeter. It just is. Mm-hmm. I, I like the round, the people that I live and shoot with, are comfortable shooting a nine millimeter. So that if, Mm -hmm. you know, for some reason I'm not the one shooting and someone else needs to, well, that's great. You know, I don't, if, if something gets crazy and I have to, my, you know, my kid right now is almost four, but even in a, another half a dozen years, 10 or 12 year old kid has to use a handgun for some reason to, you know, because of a crazy situation, do I want him trying to hold a 45 or would I rather he's working with a nine millimeter and something that right. we can get him integrated into really quick? Yeah. So that's my approach. Um, and and again, that's where that kind of consolidation. Yeah, I you know I I've got a list. I still want to add a, a matching pair of uh, three fifty seven lever gun and three fifty seven revolver. It's a cool yeah. round. I like it. Yeah. We can we can deer hunt on public ground at three fifty seven. Cool. Is mm-hmm. it's a really great nightstand gun for home defense, personal defense. Cool. I can, I can do some double duty. I can yep. build some redundancy in, I'm going to add a caliber in multiple platforms.
0: Right. Yeah. Build yeah.
1: that redundancy in. Um, yeah. and that, that's really, that's really the, the, the positive side of redundancy. Um, you know, but the, the other, the other side there, and, and I'm dealing with it right now and I'm, I'm working on trying to, to make some changes, is redundancy can be bad too right oh yeah yeah so i for forever i was i was on team 30-06 like that Mm -hmm. was that was my that's the you know and even in indiana we couldn't deer hunt with it until just a few years ago but 30-06 was my you know you just want a general purpose all around rifle caliber it's the case against the 30-06 is very small and very poor it's just yeah. there's a reason that 125 years later it's still probably one of the <laughs> five yeah. most popular calibers in rifles it just yep. it's, it there's a reason for it um, but i so I, I had a 30-06 rifle and it, it was a, it's a combo set and it was fine but here recently i had an AR10 obviously mm-hmm. that's caliber you know it's chambered in the 308 762 those are redundant. That's yeah. to me, that's bad redundancy. There isn't anything that I was going to do with that thirty-eight six single action multi barrel rifle that I couldn't do with the AR-10 platform. Like it's right, it's the yeah. same gun. Yeah. And all things considered, if I had every other gun I ever wanted, then great, I'll keep them both. But there's, I look at it like. Okay, the, there's these two things are doing, they're taking up the same amount of space in my gun safe. They're making yeah. me keep another round on hand that I have to right. shop for, and they're not doing anything differently.
0: Right. So yeah.
1: th- that's where, you know, redundancy kind of can cut against you as well. I would rather turn, you know, I'd rather find somebody to take that 30 out six off my hand and turn those proceeds into that 357. That's, right. that's doing something a little bit different uh, right. than what yeah. the 308 was. And uh, actually, I just I just did a blog about this not that long ago. Um, myself and mm-hmm. Alan Clemens, we just kicked up a new blog. It's uh, Tag Soup Adventures, tagsoupadventures.com. And uh, we'll actually kind of <laughs> help get the website up and going here recently. But, yep. um, you know, I... A I did a I did a piece about the ammo shortage but then I also I did that comparison of the 30 6 and the 308 you know every everybody mm-hmm. loves caliber yeah. debates right I mean Yeah we're yeah. on Twitter we're on Facebook <laughs> Yeah Those, you can't escape it there's always an argument and you know I I like said I I love the 30 6 round it's a great round uh, but I think there's a real argument to be made that the the 308 is the the more flexible more flexible platform right um yeah so you can if you're interested you can find that over at tag soup adventures and again you can tell me why i'm i'm right or wrong over there but um it's just there what makes what makes the 30-06 so great is what makes the 308 so great like right because there's so much overlap and i think that's the part that gets missed and you see it with shotguns too i mean how many how many go go to any upland camp and see the guys arguing about 12 versus 16 or 16 versus 20 or 28 versus 410 or, you know, there's all day. It's, it's nonstop because yeah. if you use the 28 then clearly the 28 is the best solution and then anybody that uses a 410 right. is an idiot, even though <laughs> the amount of crossover is, is more than not to me, it's the same with 30 right. at six and 308. You know, I've, I've got some feedback to people that are, you know, they're losing their mind. How could you make that decision? It's like, well, I, I, A, A did you read the article? Cause I kind
0: of, <laughs> right, yeah. kind of
1: explained how I got there. Um, <laughs> but, you know, 30 six and 308 are largely the same caliber. They're, they're largely doing the same thing. And especially with modern firearms and modern components, like, you can't go wrong. It's, it's right, kind of, yeah. we talked about it in the last episode. It's kind of like trucks. Like, right. yeah. You can argue Ford and Chevy all day. At the end of the day, 70% of the components in those two trucks came from the same supplier. Like <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. you might
1: like one more than the other, but at the end of the day, they're way more similar than they are different.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: so that's, that's really excited. It comes down to your priorities. You know, if, if you, if you like having a bunch of different calibers and that's a part of the fun to you, Hey, you're, you're going to have absolutely zero judgment from me because I would love to have like 20 more, 20 more options. Right. But, um, you know, if, if, if the ammo shortage has you kind of questioning what it is you're trying to manage and what it is that you're trying to maintain, I think you could probably take a, a, A good look at your your gun safe and and maybe find some either find some firearms or find some calibers that maybe you just didn't enjoy as much as you thought you would or whatever the case may Mm -hmm. be and maybe you can turn those into some other some other guns that you'll use a little bit more
0: yeah yeah for sure
1: And to me, like I said, I'm coming at it more from handguns and rifles and that side of it. But I would assume, like I said, I kind of alluded to it. It's same kind of on the upland side with the shotgun thing, right? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I stock. So I'm forever preparing to take people. I mean, I have a a whole program about taking people upland hunting. So I always, um, I keep kind of an array of gauge and shot size, just knowing my Uh, my target species is one of three on any given day. So I kind of, you know, a lot of people will push, some people want to go number fours on, on pheasants, which I feel is a little extra potentially, but I usually keep just fives and sixes on hand in 20 and 12 gauge. My main gun is a, um, 20 gauge over and under, and that's the one I lend out to people all the time. And I have a 12 gauge pump and now a 12 gauge semi-auto and i just keep everything in uh usually i keep it all in three inch just to keep it even instead of farting around between two and three quarter and three inch because they all take three inch um and yeah i just and that's where the the forgetfulness comes in (laughs) because i don't have if it's three inch and 12 or 20 gauge i buy a box and, and move on and like i said over the last probably five years i just collected a ton of it and then Uh, the 12 gauges are for everything else, too. I mean, I could take the 20 gauge turkey hunting, but the 12 gauges are what I take turkey hunting, or Mm -hmm. if I tag along on a a waterfowl hunt or something, that's what I take. But yeah, I try to, I'm of similar mind. I like to keep things pretty simple. I don't need 14 different guns that are 14 different caliber or gauge, uh, making sure it all aligns because, frankly, I I don't trust myself to remember all of it anyway. Um, and I'm just not that exposed to rifles. We, we kind of, I, talked about it well we talked about a little bit earlier before we started recording but i grew up shooting deer with buckshot behind dogs i was it was illegal to hunt with a deer rifle in central well, eastern central virginia so i i just started getting into rifles over the last couple of years um so yeah all i've had to worry about (laughs) is shotgun ammo because i just don't even i don't do i have one well, two rifles and that's that's the end of it they're two different calibers and then I don't have to worry about anything else. And I was smart enough to, when I got my 6.5 Creedmoor, I found a round I liked and kind of saw the writing on the wall and bought like five boxes. And it's a deer rifle. I'm not doing... Right. I'm not, not going out I'm to not,
1: the range. and just burning through a couple hundred rounds yeah. because it's fun to do it.
0: It's, it's sighted in. I shoot it to check zero and check myself and that's it. Like, I don't go burn th- I still have three of those boxes. <laughs> so... right i'm good and i've had it for two years so at this rate i'm going to box a year i'm good for another two or three mm-hmm. maybe more if my seasons keep going the way they have
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's kind of where, kind of where i'm at on my waterfowl <laughs> and my turkey loads at this point since the yeah. season is ending soon and and uh that's where i'm not gonna really <laughs> make it out anytime soon but that's another story i suppose Yeah. So. Uh, all right, I, th- I think we'll probably just go ahead and wrap this one up. This is just gonna be a little bit of a, a shorter, shorter episode. Just like I said, wanted to touch on that ammo shortage, and it, it is something Absolutely. that I think it's making people question either they're questioning how and when and how much effort they put into procuring ammunition, they're they're debating. In a lot of instances, how much they're willing to pay. I mean, that's that's yeah. a conversation I've had with a lot of guys. Is I'm just I'm not willing to pay eighty cents around for nine millimeter. I'm not willing to pay right. 25 a dollar twenty five around for two twenty three. You know, and and those are we get into a situation like this, and and even without getting into the political side of it, you know, there you you need to start planning for those eventualities of you yeah know, a how much do you need to keep on hand and B how much are you comfortable investing to make sure that you have it on hand but right again the ounce of prevention is always worth a pound of cure so how can you organize your gun safe and prioritize what you're doing to you know just take some of the pain out of this type of a situation in
0: general yeah absolutely so now we're moving to the draft right
1: we are we're moving to the draft like i said we're we're gonna kind of the every one of these shows we're gonna we're gonna have our our segment and then we're gonna kind of alternate between the the parting shot and then putting together uh, some sort of a draft and uh, so for this this episode we're gonna be drafting our top three hunting calibers um and uh I think it's probably your turn to go first since I, I led with the, uh, the parting shot last, <laughs> That's last right. episode. So we'll let, uh, we'll let you go ahead and kick off the draft.
0: So I've already uh, firmly planted on myself on knowing very little about rifles. I mean, I, I get them, but I've not shot everything out there to know a ton. So my first choice will be the one that a lot of people make fun of me for is a 6.5 Creedmoor. And I, I just like shooting it. Like I said, I don't go out and just shoot it to shoot it. I shoot it to sight it in and, and check zero and stuff, but it's, it's a fun round to shoot. The ballistics are, are nice. And you know, when I was doing the research before I got it, I asked a lot of people smarter than me, what I should get. Cause my goals with it were I wanted a lightweight platform that's going to spend 80 plus percent of its time chasing whitetails in Wisconsin and then the other would be potentially mule deer and maybe cow elk. And I know some people are saying, Oh, you better not shoot an elk. Well, I think it'd be okay. <laughs> I've read enough and I've talked to enough people where it's like, you know, should it be your dedicated elk gun for all eternity? Probably not, maybe not. But if your goal is to go to Colorado and bring home a cow, you're you're fine. I'm and and my and then. I think the the key there is my goals are to I, I don't like sh- shooting at distance like 400 yards that was never my goal. Every shot would be in my mind well under 200, closer to 100. So and that's just personal preference and knowing mm-hmm. my shooting abilities as new to new to shooting rifles, I don't trust that I can be super accurate 400 yards. And I don't necessarily enjoy that type of hunting, and if you do, all the power to you, like I don't care, but you know, that was my motivation is under 200 yards can I kill these three species of animal and the resounding answer I got from experts was yes so I was like okay Uh, 6.5 Creedmoor it is and that you know it's we're gonna
1: we're gonna actually touch on it I think in the next episode um in a little bit different way but um you know the ballistics of not just the 6.5 but of of a lot of rounds there's there's your muzzle ballistics and then your there's your ballistics at 200 and 300 and 400 right. and 500 exactly. yards and the the simple fact uh whether whether you want to believe me or not what i'm telling you is factual <laughs> your your shots are very rarely as far as you think they are going to be yeah that that's that's just it, you you don't have to shoot 400 yards to go on an elk hunt right you know there yeah. just you don't have to you know I, i'm in northeast indiana kind of same thing you know, we weren't even rifles weren't even legal for deer season here until a few years ago um and you know oh it's rifle season i better get sighted in for 300 yards where where in northeast <laughs> right. indiana yeah. are you shooting 300 yards you're crossing right. two properties in a lot of places <laughs> shooting 300 yards like it's yeah just exactly not, yes you could but at, you know the six five at 115 yards on a cow elk I'll take that shot all day. Yeah. That's the, it's a, it's a, and I, I gave when we were, when we were pre, when we were having our pre-show meeting and talking about it and said, we're leading with a six, five, I said, Hey, you want to go clickbait? We can go clickbait. That's you're (laughs) going to get some people's dander up, but uh, you know, it's uh, that six, five, it's, there's a reason that's the sweet spot for a lot of things. It's, it's a really good balance of a heavy enough bullet to give you a lot of a lot of stabilization downrange for, for a lot of downrange accuracy. Um, You know, you, it's not a a punishing round to shoot. Um, Right. So it's comfortable for a lot of folks to shoot and to shoot accurately because they're not preempting their, their trigger pull worrying about what this thump is going to be. And then at the other end, you still have 125, 140 grains of a very angry, lead headed the other direction so no i I yeah and i think it's a really good selection truthfully in terms of uh covering a lot of ground
0: and the the gun i built was built to be lightweight so i wanted something that wouldn't be punishing Punishing. and was easy to move around and and pack in without snagging on everything or adding 15 pounds i mean i I can't remember right off the top of my head i should have looked at it but it's the savage 110 lightweight storm and then i put a raven um, a maven scope on it that's only 12 ounces so the whole gun is like probably under seven seven pounds yeah it's seven six seven two
1: something like that probably yeah
0: it's under seven pounds loaded (laughs) so it's like i can hike all day every day and you know again not taking a shot at 400 yards i'm 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 happy that's not the rifle that you want a 300 weatherby mag in it's just not right. <laughs> it's yeah, just exactly. not,
1: that's not the platform for that route. No, no I, I think that's all. especially how you're using it. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm, I'm going to tip my hand a little bit here on, you know, the, that 30 out six versus three Oh eight argument. And uh, I'm going to take the three Oh eight off the board. Um, you know, if you'd asked me this question three years ago, I'd probably go the other way. I'd probably take 30 out six. Um, but for me, uh, what ultimately wins out is, By choosing the 308, I'm really kind of getting two rounds, um, because of the the interchangeability of, um, the 762 and 308, you know, they're, those are completely interchangeable platforms, um, rifles chambered for one or the other can shoot the other and ammunition is can go through both, um. And it's, you know, to find a good rifle in out 6 is not hard. You know, you want to find a good hunting mm-hmm, yeah. a good hunting rifle in out 6 a good bolt-action rifle, you're going to find it. Um, but if you want to be in that MSR platform, if you want to be in the AR-10 platform, you're going to be in a 308. And and being a short action as opposed to a long action and the options that you have, uh, and going with a rifle that way, I'm going to take the 308 and I'm going to be very happy with how it's going to perform for how I'm going to use it. You know, I'll, I use that for, for whitetails in Indiana. I would take that on an elk hunt. You got no problem. If you want to go to Alaska and chase stuff way bigger, a 308, you know, you can go up to 220 grain slugs in a 308, just like you can a 30 out six. And that's, that's pretty potent medicine for all the (laughs) the most dangerous game on earth, to be perfectly honest. So uh, I think you're going to be in pretty good shape to go 308. All right. It's back to you, sir. What's your second rifle round off the board?
0: Again, asserting my (laughs) lack of experience. I'm going 22. I like them. That's about the only rifle I've spent a significant amount of time with. I have two. Um, both were kind of family hand-me-downs from grandparents and, uh, they're just a lot of fun. Like you can, you can plink, you can hunt, you can take your kid out with it and they can have a blast like, and, and I have a few of those. (laughs) So it, uh, it's, it's just a fun round to have. And if it's yeah, small game to target, to, you know, prepper to whatever you want to do, that's, it's a solid round.
1: I mean I mean we're we're drafting three rifles to hunt the rest of your life with. Uh, 22 yeah. covers a lot of ground. Yeah. I've I've talked to game wardens that have told me and no certain terms 22 long rifles probably killed more deer than just about any any uh, other uh round out there. You know, there's yeah, there's a there's, whole bunch
0: of headless deer <laughs> in fields with 22 holes in with them with 22 holes in them and and
1: yep. you know, it's like I said we're we're choosing three rifles to hunt the rest of our life and we're not always chasing elk, right? So, you <laughs> yeah. know, you, I love my 308, but you're going to be real hungry trying to eat squirrel you took with a 308 and so, you know, if you're trying to cover the whole gamut, now uh, the 20 I'm I'm a little disappointed because that was that was going to be my uh that was going to be my last pick, and I, I would, thought I'd be able to sneak that one by you, but you took it off the board. So uh, my feel my like next, I won something. Yeah, see, so you're sitting here qualifying <laughs> yourself. Well, I don't really know anything about rifles, but here I'm going to take what Trent wanted to take. So uh, I'm going to go 223 next. I guess I'm just going to stack the the NATO rounds up. And you know, 223 <laughs> yeah. and 556 they're not they're not interchangeable like 308 and and 762 are. Um, but if I'm taking the 223, anything chambered in five, five, six, I can still run through. Um, right. so I'm going to take the 223, and it's, you know, like I said, we went three Oh eight. So I've got large game covered. So now I can go, you know, quite a bit smaller. I can go down to predator hunting, you know, yeah. some, some spots I can do hogs, you know, whatever the case may yeah. be. Um, but, uh, and you know, should you end up having to be, you know, using that rifle against two legged game? There's a, you know, that, that works pretty well too. Um. So in terms of just availability and, and flat shooting, and again, for a trainer rifle to be able to get a kid involved yeah, and, and get yeah. them shooting and get their confidence up and and not have them scared of recoil, I, I I like the 223. So that's where we're going. And again, you've got your flexibility of platforms. You want a bold action? Yeah, yeah. got a bold action. You want to go the AR-15 route? You got all kinds of MSRs. So the world is your oyster. Last yep. selection, Will. Last selection of the rifle draft. What are you going with?
0: the the complete opposite direction of everything else i said and just going with the 50 bmg (laughs) call it good (laughs) just just go full bore if you're gonna
1: go go full bore yeah no
0: we were as we discussed prior to the show just going over different rounds um and kind of talking through different stuff um a joke was made i am indeed allergic to deer hair um and then this way, I can just turn it inside out and be good to go. And, I don't have to actually do anything. Yeah. I'm the, I don't have to worry about uh, uh, slamming Benadryl and wearing the shoulder <laughs> gloves the whole time. The deer's just done right there. I think we kind of like as we look, and I've still got a
1: selection left. I think you know you kind of have the fun list, and I kind of have the function list. I think that's how it <laughs> yeah. kind of ended up sorting out. Um, so I think that, that
0: speaks to a few things, honestly. But yeah, I'll, I'll... <laughs>
1: but nobody, nobody will ever confuse me for being fun. That's that's a hundred percent true. Um, so last uh last choice for me and and we'll wrap the show up um go go nostalgia and, and go a little bit romantic on you i'm gonna take the 30 30 um mm-hmm. first of all because i absolutely love lever guns you know yeah. everybody wants to be john wayne right and heck yeah you know, his is cowboy action i'll take the 30 30 um you know i i took a really nice deer this last year with with a 30 30 yeah um, and they're just they're fun you know, they're, they're nice, flexible, you know, like I said, we're, I'm Northeast Indiana. So, um, brush gun is a stupid yeah. term that is overused and I categorically refuse to actually use it. Um, but for, you know, quick handling, quick shooting, short distances, 30, uh, 30, and then same thing, way flexible hogs, yeah. deer, elk, mule deer, whatever you're, you're gonna, you're gonna be able to deliver a, a pretty potent load with, uh, with the 30, 30. So, wrap that up i i went 308 i went 223 i went 3030 will went the 65 creed more the 22 long rifle on the 50 bmg so uh comment or or leave us a review on itunes and let us know whose list you think is the better list and which list you would rather have for yourself uh or uh if you'd rather berate us and tell us all the ways that we were wrong go for it do that too
0: absolutely as always, you can find me at the will to hunt on all social platforms and uh, the will to hunt.com. You can email or read stuff we've written and to plug uh, the article mentioned earlier, uh, tag soup is where you can see the this article on ammo shortage and how to deal with it. So that's all we have for today. See you, everybody. Thanks.